Welcome to the Sports Bros Podcast, featuring the almighty B-Live, the money man, Scotty D, and your host, the head of creative, Eddie Cool. And without any further ado, here they are, the Sports Bros. Hey, what's going on, world? This be your boy, Eddie Cool, a.k.a. the HOC of this year podcast, your new favorite sports podcast, the Sports Bros Podcast. That's right, independently owned, operated, we run this, and all that other stuff to let you know that, hey, we're not controlled by anybody, we're controlled by us, our thoughts, our feelings, and um, we're right, and you're wrong. I'm sorry, that's MJ line. But anyways... Another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast, episode 72, coming at you live and direct, backhanded like bad breath in the morning. And of course, you know I can't do this by myself, just like Michael Irvin, just like Troy Aikman, and just like Emmett Smith, it all comes in threes. Introducing first, my co-host to my left, well, kind of sort of geographically left, anyways, the almighty be live. What's happening and what's going on in the world today that always has new meaning every single week? But man, let's start off first, real quick. Um, 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 head of creative, Eddie Cool, how dare you start off this podcast by referring to our threesome in reference to the Dallas Cowboys? Don't don't ever do that again. That, that's just not. That's that's in poor taste. But I mean, I, I get what you're trying to get what you're trying to do. I guess I would be Michael Irvin in this situation. Um, you'd be Emmett Smith, and Scotty D would be Tony Romo because I mean, I mean, because he he ain't won no championships yet. Troy, Troy, and, and this whole um, podcast thing. But it's all right. It's all right. He he'll get there. He'll get to our level one day. You know. You know. We got we got to carry him along. He. I mean, he's sort of old, but I mean, that, that's neither here nor there. And I mean, I digress, but I'm glad to be here with my fellas. And um, Eddie, cool, you can go ahead and introduce that other guy. You know that I'm talking about a little bit, that he's such a cowboy, America's team, blah, 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 whatever, 16 Oh, my bad. I threw up in my mouth. Um, Yep, Eddie, cool, Amtrak, go ahead. Rain down salt on him and the number one Dallas Cowboys fan that I know on this side of the Mississippi, the pride of Washington, Pennsylvania, and also itchy free this week, the money man, <laughs> Scotty D. Feeling good, feeling good, and it's nice to have a uh, kick off this party with some cowboy talk. For those of you who are joining us for a first or second time, you know, we are three guys who are not sports experts, we're not former professional players or any of that good stuff. We're just guys who are fans talking about sports and like a broken clock. Sometimes I'm right twice a day and like a slow clock who's never right. I have to keep B-Live up to speed a little bit here. So I got to get my brothers that, you know, these these bros of mine, they're lucky to have me. And I also want to say this is uh, probably B-Live's got to be pretty happy this week because on Friday, August 21st, the 33rd birthday is celebrated of one of his all-time favorite athletes, Usain Bolt. His One of his top 10 favorite. He's a fanatical Usain Bolt fan. 
got the posters on the wall and all that good stuff. So happy birthday to Bolt coming up this weekend. And guys, I'm ready to talk a little sports. What do you think? I, I think that um, what what is so wrong with me having Usain Bolt as one of my top ten? <laughs> the dude is insanely fast. Are you kidding me? But that's okay. That's okay. You can you can you can you got jokes today. You got jokes. It's all right. Very respectable athlete. I like him. Favorites. Wow. One of your ten favorites, actually. Yeah. Yes, he is. He's definitely up there. <laughs> I, I meant what I said. Yeah. I never I never finished my top ten list. I left. I think I had Ken Griffey number one and Doug Gilmore number two. And um, I'll I'll get to it. I just got to find more sports fans to tag. We got. I, I had listed as my top 10 favorites are guys that would compete longer than like 12 seconds a year. That, that's just why I, you know, I, I like guys who like you watch three hours on Sunday or a baseball game for three hours and be live. Likes the athlete who runs and seven seconds later, his events over. And that's neither here nor that. That's good. Let's go. Come on. Longevity and consistency. <laughs> Be like, you saw you chomping at the bit. Get them. Before. I just, uh, just uh, let's, let's just talk about. I'm man. <laughs> disrespect. Happy he, third, Usain Bolt. He run, He runs the two hundred just as fast. That, that's nineteen seconds. If that's better for you. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Let's all right, all right, you two, all right, you two, quit fighting. And let's talk about some real guys that fought for real this weekend. UFC 252, Las Vegas, the Vado with the headline fight, Stipe, DC, for the chip with the dip. The third installment of an epic classic of the 21st century, of the pugilistic, of the mixed martial arts i'm going to be 100 honest with you fellas um i do this thing called work on the weekends and this fight was saturday night and i didn't have time to catch it but today i did catch some of the highlights and um scott did lead us into what was at ufc 252 well let me let me quick give a little bit of backstory to this because i know not every one of our listeners loves ufc um Actually had a, a young lady, Lindsay Ward McKinney, an old friend this past week, said that she really enjoyed our podcast. Um, not a huge sports fan, but she likes to listen to some of the stories. So in that in that kind of that respect, I wanted to let everyone know kind of why this was such a big deal, because the UFC very rarely has two guys fight each other three times in a row. That's very rare they do. They usually in a, once you win a title, you move on to another opponent, kind of got to get back in line to fight someone else. But if you go back to 2010, Daniel Cormier was in strike force as a light heavyweight. He was a former Olympian wrestler and he entered a heavyweight tournament in strike force and would later move over to UFC and compete as a light heavyweight. And around that time, John Jones in 2010 became the youngest UFC champion ever. John Jones, a lot of people look at it is the, is the best fighter in UFC history. But as we know, over the past 10 years, he self-destructed a little bit. He's, DUIs, drug suspensions, arrests, all kind of things. And during that time, DC, Daniel Cormier, has basically taken up the mantle for the UFC in the light heavyweight division. He's been the marquee guy. He's been the guy who's fought all comers, and he just wins. He's not the flashiest, splashiest guy, but he just wins. Well, right around 2016, Stipe Miocic has carved out a nice little heavyweight career for himself, goes to Brazil and defeats the Brazilian heavyweight champion Fabricio Verdum. And then defends the title three times, which had not been done before in heavyweight history, which brought us to his first fight back in 2018 with DC. 
And DC shocked us all by knocking out Stipe in the first round. They fought again last summer, and Stipe evened the score. Uh, he was losing that fight until the fourth round. He started punishing DC to the body, and then he knocked him out. And that's why this fight was such a big deal, because they're considering this to determine who the greatest mixed martial arts heavyweight was of all time. And this one went five rounds, and it was grueling, because both men, I poked the other guy, and, and it was completely unintentional. Um, it just, you know, you, you put your hands up to stop someone from charging in you, on you, and, and you catch a guy in the eye. Uh, it went to a decision. I personally thought that DC won the first round and the fifth round and lost the middle three rounds. And Stipe Miocic was rightfully um, named the winner of the bout and retained the championship. But the reason this was so considered such a big deal is because these two guys both have been like really the heart and soul of the UFC towards the heavyweight division the last several years. You know, you, you say three title defenses is the record. That doesn't seem like a lot when you have guys like Anderson Silva and George St. Pierre who have defended their titles so many times in the past in the lighter divisions. But this was a big deal for the UFC to determine who they can rightfully say on paper now is the greatest heavyweight champion in their short history. Now, there's other challenges coming down the road for uh, for Stipe. It looks like Francis Ngannou is going to be his next opponent. He's already defeated him once. And Nganu now just looks like an unstoppable beast. So will he be able to hold him off a second time? I don't know. But um, B-Live sounds like another name might be getting thrown into the heavyweight division here in the UFC. Well, um, yes. Um, well, his name was mentioned earlier, but now it's become more prevalent because John Bones Jones has relinquished the light heavyweight title and is looking to move up in weight to the heavyweight division and is looking to renegotiate his contract in hopes to um, fight the, the champion. And so that's, that's going to be an interesting take. We've already um, spoken about his checkered past, but it's one of those things where John Bones Jones is one of the nastiest dudes in the octagon. So I think he's still a huge draw when it comes to the UFC. And it's one of those things where we sort of look at the UFC and they have their sort of like, they embrace the bad boys, so to speak. I mean, Conor McGregor has always been a huge draw. And John, yeah. so yeah, it's one of those things like now with John Bones Jones, I mean, you can't deny his talent in, in the octagon. So it's just, it's definitely going to be very interesting to see how this, um, comes to fruition and everything like that. But yeah, just um to opine a little bit on what Sky D was saying about the fight. Um I caught some of the highlights. I wasn't able to watch it live, but it was um I poke central and it uh, almost had a feel of a little bit of retaliation, but it was it wasn't it wasn't intentional. But no, it's but think, um I don't think either one was intentional. I mean you can see when they super slow down the replay, you can see that neither guy, I mean, these guys are professionals and these, this, these guys weren't like bitter hated rivals. There's a lot of mutual respect between these two guys. They, neither one, one wants to gouge the other guy's eye out, you know, and it, it's very unfortunate that Cormier suffered. I think it was a scratched retina and he said he had a hard time seeing out of his left eye during the, you know, the late rounds. But you, you know, I, I, it's one of those, it's one of those things in UFC that's so hard to control because they are constantly telling these guys, keep your fists closed, keep your fists closed. 
But your natural reactions often are when someone comes towards you, put your hand up to stop them and your hands are open. And, you know, unless they close the tips of the gloves to keep, you know, the, the actual the, the smallest part of the finger from going into your eye socket, I, you know, there's just not much you can do about that other than, you know, take a point deduction. Something that, you know, th- there's really nothing you could do. I mean, the referee flat out said he missed it and apologized. But what could he have done? I mean, he could have declared it a no contest, but would DC have wanted that? There's a good chance DC would have said, I'm going to fight through this anyway. You know, I, I don't, I don't know. It, it's that's hindsight, but it's just, that's one of those unfortunate things about combat sports, like in boxing, when you butt heads and crack each other open, you know, it's just sometimes unfortunate things happen inside the cage. Uh, as I say, man, you know, th- things happen. Things get, happen. Go ahead. Be live. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah. Um, Cormier was um ended up being diagnosed with a torn cornea. Oh, actually, yeah. So it, it was a little bit nastier. It was nasty. So yeah. So he and he said he can't. He, he couldn't see. He was he um he flat out said he couldn't see, and which is again, like you said, very unfortunate. And it's one of those things. How really do you when when you're able to box and grapple in the same motion, how do you close your hand when you're like oh, there's so many factors in MMA. That's what makes it so intriguing, but yet it also adds to the dangerous factor. But again, that's what why we watch MMA. But see, I, it's yeah. also puzzling to me though when when you hear how bad that injury was for Cormier. He fought his heart out. I mean, he never gave up even with that that situation but he's known as an olympic qualified wrestler he made an olympic team and he never took him down and you would think well he did i'm sorry he took him down once in the first round and then went away from that game plan and you could hear his corner urging him between rounds let's get a takedown let's try to get him to the ground you would think that would make him almost a little bit safer because if he's not being able to see out of that left eye very well you know that let reduce your risk of getting punched if you're on top of the guy controlling the action. That's just it. Just goes to show you um, just part of the courage and the determination of Daniel Cormier, who is basically saying he's done fighting now, but he has been an ambassador for UFC and he will continue to do so in the announcement because he's great as an announcer. And so we look forward to seeing more of DC. But um, he 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 went out on his sword, I could say. Yeah, he did do that, man. Uh, DC, a hell of a, you know, hell of an athlete, man. Like you said, he has a, a wrestling background, and then uh, you got Stipe, he, who brings the chip back to Cleveland, um, the the toughest uh, firefighter, <laughs> fireman on the planet. And uh, from what I saw from the highlights, man, it was a pretty good fight, man. No, you know, it was, it wasn't just a bunch of clutching and hugging and heavy breathing and trash talking. It was just a uh, a, a legitimate slugfest between two of the greatest heavyweights in the history of UFC. Another fight um, that happened last night, uh, Marlon Vera and Sean Sugar O'Malley. And guess what? The Sugar Show came to a, a screeching halt as he suffers his first loss and Marlon Vera picks up the win. Scotty D, what what happened? Something stood out in that fight. Like What really happened with... Um, with um, with the sugar show uh, at some point he injured his lower leg and I'm not sure if it was the ankle knee what but something gave out on him he tried to get through the first round without really giving uh, a clear indication of how hurt he was he actually he actually kind of took himself down before the stoppage happened and Vera jumped on him and threw a couple elbows 
I think it was stopped really quickly because I think um, Herb Dean, the referee, knew that there was more to what was going on with with the um, Sugar Shane O'Malley than just the you know he caught a couple elbows and that didn't knock him out. He he was I, I think he knew that he was he had bigger problems and that's why the the stoppage was quick. But uh, you can't you can't fault the opponent for taking advantage. If somebody's hurt, you go after him. I mean that's how that's how fighting goes. But. What a little disappointing because I was wanting to see a little bit more from O'Malley that night. Yeah, because I remember you talking about the Sugar Show. I'm like, hey man, who we fight tonight? The co-main event. Oh, let's go see some Sugar Show. But um, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. And then we have Junior Dos Santos and uh, Jarizano. I don't know if I butchered his name. Rosenstruck. He gets a win. And uh, performance of the night goes to Daniel Pineda as he beats Herbert Burns. Yep, so we got a performer tonight. He got a little gold medal right here next to his name. He really kicked ass and does what he does. And so let's for- say this. If you're not a UFC fan, thank you for putting up with that segment. But if this would be a perfect time to jump into this because I'm going to tell you what. Israel Adesanya is fighting Paulo Costa next month in what could be an enormously, fantastically entertaining fight. And I encourage you, if you're not a UFC fan, Get on board with this one because this is going to be good. The last style bender, ain't that right, B-Laugh? Absolutely. My favorite MMA UFC fighter right now. I love, I love, I love his matches. Some people say he's too flashy. I just, he's very technical. He's good. So he, that's what I thoroughly enjoy his matches and I will be glued to the television if my job allows me to to but, watch this but, fight. Bolt. What's this got to do? Would you would you with this different sport? Okay. Got to, 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 stop it. Stop <laughs> it. You say bolt. Here we go. That bolt is <sighs> All right, next up in the world of USC, uh, Saturday, August the 22nd, we got Fight Night, um, headlined by Pedro Munoz and Frankie Edgar in a, in a bantamweight bout. Should be a good one. Should be a good one, fellas. All right, and moving right along. And we roll, hey, along to the NBA playoffs. The NBA playoffs are set, 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 and we had a hell of a slugfest between uh, the playing game between the Memphis Grizzlies and the Portland Trailblazers. And the winner, they get to play the Lakers in the first round. And the Grizzlies, see again, try again, see it next year. And in the the East, we got the Bucks versus the Magic, the Heat versus the Pacers, the Celtics versus the 76ers, and a game that was played earlier today, Monday because we caught on Tuesday, I mean, yeah, Monday because we drop on Tuesday. Correction. Uh, the Raptors defeat the Nets to go 1-0 in the series. And out west, we got the Lakers versus the Blazers, the Thunder versus the Rockets, and the Nuggets versus the Jazz. And the Jazz go down to the Nuggets, and the Nuggets take a 1-0 series league, but it don't go down fighting. I'm sorry, but it don't go down swinging as Donovan Mitchell drops 57 points in a losing effort. The third most in NBA history in the playoffs. And then we got the Clippers and the Mavericks. Fellas, here we go. We got playoff basketball. Enough of this bubble mess. Uh, What are we looking forward to? What are we looking forward to? I can tell you right now, I'm looking forward to the Blazers upsetting the Lakers. Woo! I'm, th- I'm, I'm upset alert. I feel like the way the Blazers are playing is like they're playing inspired. 
I think they're playing all around team ball right now. It is Dame time. It's a radio show, but if, if you can see me tapping my um, imaginary watch right now, it is Dame time. And I'm going to tell you right now, I, 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 I want to hold it in because the Blazers, they're like my favorite team right now to watch. And I, there's a couple other segments that I'm going to plug in here, but I'm telling you just the it's, – it's almost like the perfect storm what the Blazers have going right now. And I don't think the Lakers have enough depth to stop what the Blazers are doing right now. You're going to have to have almost flawless games from both um, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And we've already seen in this bubble that when they go cold, they go cold. And just that, that I don't see the depth on the um on the um, on the Lakers bench to be able to hold um hold down the way the way that the Blazers are playing, I think it's going to go seven. I think it's going to go seven games. All right, what you think, Scott? Idea about your Lakers versus Beeline's favorite team to watch at the moment, the Portland Trail Blazers. I got to be honest, I would feel a whole lot better if they had a home court advantage, and there really is no such thing in this bubble. Um, the Lakers. You almost feel like they were waiting to flip the switch that never came on during their little bubble time here. And Portland was playing with urgency the whole time. They had to. You know, they they were not in the position where the Lakers were, where the Lakers were already settled in. All right, but but can, can the Lakers flip the switch on a team like Portland? That's that's the big question because Portland is playing outstanding. Enough, enough to get to where they need to be anyway. Now we'll see. The Lakers before we going into we went into the quarantine. The Lakers actually were starting to gel together. Uh, they need to find that again. You know, maybe Vogel was playing around with lineups a little bit too much during the during the bubble bubble games. I I think a big part of this was actually going to be Danny Green because the Lakers three point shooting was atrocious since they started to come back down in in Florida. And that's a guy who they really need to stretch the floor to open things up. They got to knock down threes, and Danny Green's a big part of it. I know in their last game, and I, I hate that I can't remember who I was watching them play, um, but Kyle Kuzma had an outstanding game and, and kind of came out of his shell a little bit. It's going to be really, I think, more like B-Live was saying, the role players beyond AD and LeBron to, to win this. Having said that, I, I think over the course of seven games, the Lakers can right the ship. They can win this, and I think they can get on the kind of role that will get them all the way to the championship. Now, I mean, you know, I picked that in the preseason. Them and the Bucks were my pick. I think I still like that. Uh, the Clippers look awfully good, but again, so do so do the Blazers. Um, it's kind of cool though because the last few years we knew Golden State was going to be in the finals, and we know that they are not this year. So it's it's kind of like an it's like an open tournament feel the way that's going on down there where. Um, you know, you have a ha- only a handful of teams you think are going to be able to do it. In the East, can Toronto actually pull it off again? Can they get by Milwaukee? Does Boston, Philly, they have a- anything in there? I don't know. This is going to be interesting to see. Uh, but I-, I think I think really this Lakers-Blazers matchup is as compelling as it gets in these playoffs. Yeah, it is one of the more compelling matchups because I'm like, oh, this Lakers-Blazers thing. Because uh, you remember what happened last year, you know, Dame Dollar waved him. Bye bye <laughs> uh, to Russell Westbrook, and then he wound up in Houston. So, um, yeah, Stone Cold Dame Dollar is over here playing some out of his mind basketball, like literally out of his mind. I'm like, man, we in this bubble, and he's playing like 
Like at, like they're at the Motor Center, like playing some real deal basketball. As far as the East goes, um, like I said earlier, or we had an earlier game. We had the Raptors defeating the Nets. Uh, they're probably going to bust out the broom on them. And the Raptors are like, look, don't forget, we still got a championship to defend. We still here. Like, you know, we're here. You, you know, yes, you got the Bucks and everybody else, but we're here, though. We're here, though. We're here, though. Um, and then we got the Classic Series between the Celtics and the 76ers. They meet for the 5th, 11th time in playoff history. That's another interesting series. Um, another series I'm going to keep my eye on is this Heat and Pacers series. Yeah, we got um, – uh, we, we, uh, Say it again, Scott? I said the Heat are sneaky good. They're, they're a sneaky good team. Yeah, they're they're sneaky good, man. They're sneaky good, man. They got uh, they got all the parts that they need. And they play some real good sound basketball, and you know, th- th- think about it. People, will, oh man, whatever. You know, Miami's not gonna do nothing. Oh, I mean, don't count them out, man. Uh, they got some shooters. They got uh, the kid Hero, and I forgot the other kid name. And um, Miami looks pretty good, but um, playoffs, fellas, playoffs, playoffs, and um, Giannis will be back from his um headbutting suspension. Um, yeah. So uh, we got some playoff basketball to look forward to. When it comes to the Heat versus the Pacers, it's literally the matchup between Jimmy Butler versus T.J. Warren. That, like, T.J. Warren's playing ridiculous right now. Like, if, if I was to say the top three players in the bubble right now, I'd put Dame Dollar number one. I would put, um, what's my man? What's my man from Phoenix? I, Devin, Devin, Booker. Bu- Devin Booker, number two, TJ Warren, number three. Honest God, that would be my top three in the, in the bubble right now. TJ Warren is putting up ridiculous numbers, but, um, the, and there's also that, um, there's a little rivalry that Jimmy Butler and TJ Warren have a little jarring of the words. So that's going to be a very intriguing matchup. I think Miami comes out on top, but don't sleep on anybody. I think when it comes to um, the um, Celtics, 76ers, I think 76ers are just too injured right now. Joel Embiid's hurt. Glenn Robinson III is hurt right now. So I just think um, the the younger the younger team when it comes to Boston Celtics, I think they will rise top there. It like it's oh it's playoff basketball. This is what we this is what we live for right here. This is what's going down. Let's get it. Let's go. That's it. That's what's going down for four flat times. We got some playoffs, fellas. Playoffs, playoffs. And as I said, there were some games played earlier because we record on Monday and drop on Tuesday. Yes, we tell you how the sausage is made. It is what it is, but it's okay. It's okay. It's not no big secret like I won the lottery. Oh, we're supposed to tell that. I am so lying. Do not inbox me for no freaking money. Moving right along to the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. And it's getting hot and heavy. Fights, 15 15 inning overtime games is wild, wild, wild hockey. They're also in a bubble, too, and zero new cases of coronavirus. Yes. So it gives us hockey in the East. The Flyers lead the Montreal Canadiens 2-1. The Tampa Bay Lightning, they lead the Blue Jackets 3-1, and hopefully they'll close the series out because you remember what happened last year. Um, In the biggest surprise of the uh, Eastern Conference playoffs, the Washington Capitals are down 3-0 to the New York Islanders. Um, the Capitals are on the verge of getting that broomski. Ooh, 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 ooh. Not, not again. Yeah. Not, not again. On, yeah, they're yeah, they on the verge of getting that broomski. 
Um, and then we got the Boston Bruins and the Carolina Hurricanes, one of the most physical se- uh, series in the playoffs. Boston leads 2-1. Uh, Sylvester Koff is injured. Um, uh, Tuka Raz says, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and opt out. And uh, Pasta for the Bruins, he's out as well, too. Um, that game's being played tonight. Let's go, Hurricanes. Let's go even this thing up. Out west, we got the Vegas Golden Knights. They lead the series against the Chicago Blackhawks 3-1. Uh, they should be able to put them out uh, with ease. The Colorado Avalanche lead the Arizona Coyotes 2-1. Dallas and Calgary nodded it 2-2 apiece. And the St. Louis Blues and the Vancouver Canucks, the Canucks, they lead the series 2-1. Fellas, this year playoff hockey has been exciting too. I got to ask, um, Scotty, do you help me out a little bit? What is up with the Vegas Golden Knights? This is their second season. They went to the Stanley Cup in their inaugural season, and now they're right back at it doing what they do. But what is going on? They get they got a they got a lucky horseshoe. I think it's their third season, but their, yeah, yep. they went the first year and uh, and and missed last year. Uh, and to be honest with you, I don't care, man. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> it ain't the penguins. <laughs> I asked you for just a little bit of a little bit of analysis. No, and you and you, and you give me fandom. I, that, you, man, what you, I, you give me fanboy. Like God, I was just trying to <laughs> lift your spirits, be unbiased for one second. And you, one second. Okay, and, let me. No, I, no, I don't even want to hear it anymore. You, 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 you ruined it. You freaking ruined it. I don't. God, he ruins everything. <laughs> Three assistant coaches got fired for the Penguins, and that's and that, that's all I can tell you. Yeah, I didn't. I, I, I read that too. So Eddie Cool just told me. I thought hockey season was over. Uh, come on, Scotty, you don't do it. Hey, too. let me ask you guys this: so we we've been watching hockey playoffs and NBA playoffs with no fans. It is that bothering you guys at all? Not well. Not- fans is it does it feel like we're we're really missing out on something because i kind of sense that we are i talked to somebody a while back and they said they try to watch you know i know we're talking about you know hockey and basketball but they talked about baseball and it was like i i, I can't do it it's tough it's Base- tough Base- I, I can't. baseball is tough to watch with no fans yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're like it's with basketball and hockey those two sports have always had a lot of like the the organ, the music playing, just um the it's the constant motion that keeps mm-hmm. it going. That's a little bit more gives you a little bit more intrigue, and it's all in uh, something that also helps both basketball and hockey that they're indoor sports. So any type of sound is piped through, like you get to hear you hear the you hear the freaking um. Um, one-timer shots in hockey. You hear the screeching of the sneakers and the swish of the nets in basketball. You hear that, and that's part of the game that keeps moving. Baseball, dun, 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 dun. And it's dun, bigger. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Nothing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then one pitch. All right, let's throw it back. Let's spit on my hand. Can't do that, you know. Can't do that because of everything. I know. <laughs> but yeah, chewing sunflower seeds, flipping the rosin bag. <laughs> right? It's, just, it's baseball is such a slow moving sport. Baseball is literally you need the fans. 
And that's is yeah, it's and even on top of that, also with baseball, is that nobody watches baseball until September. I don't care how much of a fan you are. True. Like even like nobody does. I love my Braves, but you you don't catch me until late August, early September when and where I'm actually interested. So I'm just sitting here right now. You look at the baseball standings, and it's like the Marlins have played five games while the Braves have played 17. And so you got to wait for these postponed games. You don't even know what's really going on. And this could change it, drop a hat, and just all these postponements and tons um, of injuries, too, man. Yeah. It's like, so, yeah, baseball, whew, baseball is like, is hurting to me right now. Yeah, it's not it's not as been been as pleasant to watch i don't think and, and you know i watched the yankees red sox game on sunday night and you know i you guys know very well i'm not a red sox fan i love the yankees it seemed kind of empty a little bit you know it just it just didn't feel as fulfilling i guess as maybe that was i think that was the ninth game in the row the yankees won over the red sox and it just didn't feel as fun as if there had been fans in the stands you know it's just it's definitely missing the fans i think yeah, that's the that's the rivalry, man. Like you know, Yankees, Red Sox. That's the rivalry, and then you know, Mets, Braves. That's the rivalry, and then you know, you also have Chicago. You know, the, the Battle of the City of Chicago between the White Sox and the um, and, the and the Cubs. That's a rivalry. Like a lot of these rivalry games, it's like yeah, they just out there just playing baseball, and I mean, it's playing baseball. But I would never imagine in, in a while that the Boston Red Sox are six. And sixteen. Oh, hallelujah! Are six are <laughs> six and sixteen. Scotty D, I think your Pirates um, aren't they on a abbreviated break as of right now? I tell you what, it, the, the COVID's keeping the loss total down for these guys because they had, I think, four games canceled with the Cardinals. They played two with the Reds, and the Reds again they were affected by the by the virus as well. So the Pirates have only played uh, like two games out of the last eight days or something like that. So, yeah, I, I mean, that's, it's, that's, that's tough thing too. And you're, you're playing baseball, you're playing pretty much every day and to, you know, have these constant interruptions. Crazy, man. It's, it's a, it's a weird, weird season to watch. We're we're season watching though. The Rockies are pretty good this year, and then, then we got the Marlins leading the freaking division. And you know what happened when the Marlins the Marlins decide they want to be good whenever they want to be good, and they, then they're gonna win championships and then break the whole team down, and they ain't worth two dead fly smash. You know how that works. But um, yeah, this yeah baseball. Well, like you like back to your question, Scotty D. Um, for me, hockey is enjoy hockey and basketball. They're very enjoyable to watch. Because just as be like a pine upon, you know, there, there's constant movement, constant motion. You know, I'm paying attention to, you know, I'm paying attention to somebody in the low post or somebody in the crease or somebody about to get into a fight. There, there, there's always something going on. The camera, there's steady motion. It's not like a standstill like baseball. It's not just standing there. I, I, I can see that. And I also think the NBA has done a good job with the, the virtual fans. I think that does actually bring a little bit more to the game um, when you see the different people through, you know, being almost look like a zoom Brady bunch thing. They got scoreboard going on where you can see different fans interacting um, electronically. I, I think that's kind of cool. I think they've done, done well with it. It just seems like there's, and maybe it's the way the benches are spread out. It just seems like there's people there, you know, at the NBA game and, you know, various employees and stuff. 
like I said, a baseball stadium, there's so many more empty seats than there are in in an NBA arena or, or even like the small setting with, with hockey. I even think like the UFC and the PGA have felt different, but not as noticeable as, as baseball. I think baseball is the one that feels the hollowest of them all. If, if I could use that word as a description, yep. especially when you're watching UFC and somebody gets hit real hard and one guy goes, Oh, and he's the only one going, Oh, it's like, Oh, I'm just white. Yeah. I'm just white. I'm just watching the fight in my living room, but dig this, fellas. I don't know if you've heard, but we got a little bit of WWE news to report. SummerSlam 2020 was originally scheduled to take place at the TD Garden in Boston, Massachusetts, but due to Rona Mania brother running wild, it got pushed back. No large-scale gatherings, but the good old state of Florida, where somehow, some way, professional wrestling is considered essential, on August 23rd, 2020, SummerSlam will take place at the Amway Center in Orlando, Florida. Yeah, I guess they're going to try to have a small crowd like the the other, like the AEW wrestling does. I don't know. Mm. It's, 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 it's interesting to see. And um, as far as that performance center, you got the... You got the fumigate that thing, man. <laughs> Everybody get out. We get hold new equipment. Take your stuff. Matter of fact, leave your stuff in here. We're gonna burn it. We're gonna we gonna do something. But uh yeah, we for the first time since what was the last pay-per-view? Since the Royal Rumble, we're gonna have a WWE pay-per-view in an arena. So um uh, Mm. That should be very interesting to see. Well, fellas, so far on this podcast, we done talked about UFC, some real fighting, basketball, the Stanley Cup playoffs, sprinkle a little bit of wrestling news. But guess what time it is, fellas? It is time for our favorite portion of the show. And with that being said, your button, hit it. And now, our favorite part of the show, the choices of the voices. Once again, thank you to the wonderful and ever so lovely miss button for introducing our favorite portion of the show the choices of the voices now scotty d is the originator of the choices of the voices and all shout out goes to him too but button also has a role in the two with the introduction and you guys the listeners the trey dukes the joe gafkins the terrible pete talansis the uncle max all y'all, and even Jenna Clem, cannot forget Jenna Clem, the only person in the history of the Sports Worlds podcast to get in the penalty box and get out the penalty box. So she deserves a jersey to get hung up. But anyways, it's all for you, the listeners, of the Choices of the Voices. And Scotty D, what is the question for this week's Choices of the Voices segment? All right, the question I posed for the week was, of all these sports personalities that you see, TV, radio, podcast wherever the media takes you, whose opinion do you respect or value the most? Now, B-Lab had a little bit of issue on this, on how the, some of these questions were answered. So, Eddie, cool, fire up the grill, and let's feast on this. See where we go here. Fire up the grill, man. That sounds good. When this thing get over with, man, we need to have us uh, a, 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 a sports bros cookout. Where we just, All right. we I just like cook, it. We just cook food and talk sports. But coronavirus, you got to get the hell on, man. You got to go bother somebody else. Go, go bother some fish in the ocean or something but anyways let's get into it choices of the voices ill will barry he said steve smith senior um he was an analyst on the nfl network where he still is so um you know he talks that talk he talks that talk uncle max oh uncle max gave us a throwback he said gordon Soley. 
AKA the Dean of Professional Wrestling. Because when Gordon Soley talked, we listened. Uh, Joe Gafkin, he said, I grew up reading Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon in the Washington Post, and PTI was a game changer. Scott Van Pelt is my current favorite. He grew up in my neighborhood and always shouts out the great state of Maryland and Terps Nation. Okay, so we got some SVP action. Paul Blust, he said, I've always liked Jalen Rose and Herm Edwards. I know Edwards is back coaching now, but prior to his current job, I love listening to his analysis. If there's one thing I I, I learned from Her, Herm Edwards, don't press in. Don't press in. Don't press in. <laughs> you play to, to win, win the, the game. game. Yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah, it's just, Herm Edwards is just like, he's your daddy's brother. Not your mama's brother, but he is your daddy's brother. When it come, when, when he talks like, hey, man, I better listen to Herm Edwards, man, because he, he might be saying some real, um, some real important stuff, and I don't want to miss it. I really do not want to miss it. Moving right along, we got Trey Dizzle. What's happening, baby? He said, I absolutely love Shannon Sharp. Uncle Shay Sharp, do something for two something. He is hilarious. I am never more entertained watching people talk about sports when it's Shannon Sharp. A very close second would be the combination of Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal. That's a very interesting combo. Very interesting combo. You gotta love Shaq and um and uh, Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley told Shaq, "I thought you ain't so fat ass. You keep it up." <laughs> yep, very interesting combo. Uh, Charles Barkley and Shaq. Mark Old says Tony Romo. Yes, Tony Romo, the new uh, commentary sensation for CBS Sports. Who CBS Sports threw the bag at him, so ESPN would not get him. Because if ESPN would have got him, who? It would have been a coup. Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, ESPN has a new three-man booth for Monday Night Football of Steve Levy, um, Brian Greasy, and Lewis Riddick. I think that's pretty good. What y'all think? Y'all think that's a pretty good uh, trio? I think we have to wait and see. It's That's one of those things. It's Sometimes things sound good, and then the chemistry on air isn't that good. So I, that's a wait and see on, on my part. Yeah, definitely a wait and see. Martin Tracy. Here we go. The legendary Matty Ice. And he says, Stephen A. Smith. I know so many people cannot stand this guy, and he brings the shtick too much sometimes, but I do think he keeps it real. And like another favorite of mine, Sir Charles Barkley, isn't ever afraid to say what he thinks or feels um, or feels to hell with the political correctness. Um, they both brought real-life issues to the conversation that transcends sports, whether they are talking about the OJ trial, uh, race, or personal DUIs. That's what I like about them. However, <laughs> I really admired the back and forth chemistry between Mike and Mike, Greeny and Golick. They had a great run. I was sad when it ended on such a sour note. I remember listening to their first show at work. I forgot whose spot they replaced, but I instantly liked them. They also had their personal touch as well, too. All right. And we got shout out to Will, Uncle Max, Joe. Paul, Trey Dizzle, Mark, and Martin Tracy for their participation in this week's Choices of the Voices. But be, before we go any further, be live. You had a bone to pick with the listeners, and that was? Um, I think there was um, a slight situation where we get caught up in the personalities and the entertainment value, but that wasn't the 
question. The question was, who do you respect when you listen to them? Not necessarily who entertains you the most. Who do you respect? Because there's a lot of a lot of answers where they're entertaining. Like Shannon Sharp. Very Shannon Sharp's character, his banter is absolutely like it's it's entertaining. His his when he talks real life issues, that's the part that I can see where the respect value comes in. Stephen A. Smith, again, like he's a character. He's a he's a sports personality more than somebody I respect. When like when it comes to when when I watch um, first take, I don't watch first take for his expert analysis. I don't watch first take because of his expertise. And I'm not saying I don't respect the man, but it's mm-hmm. one of those things where his opinions a lot of times is just like. What exactly are you talking about? He's yeah. entertaining. So that's why I was like, I was, I was um, reading some of the answers. I'm like, are you, are you guys more looking at people that entertain you the most? And so my answer, and this is going to come to a shocker, and um, we've been, we've been talking a little bit here and there. I am going to agree with Mark Olds. I absolutely enjoy and literally like when it comes to analysis and respect Tony Romo I think has changed the game when it comes to expert analysis like literally listening to him and how he dissects a play before it's even before it even hits the field he's already picking apart what's about to happen and is calling it in real time yep and that's what like a very close um second would be um um mike emrick from nhl oh, doc yeah. yes doc yes yeah doc em- the, just but don't you know he's more like of a play play by play guy uh, but that, opinion but that, but um maybe maybe i'm misinterpreting i but when you when it comes to like somebody like play by play analysis you hear a lot of different play by play and you like more times when it comes to play by play you is it's tough to do play by play because you've got to know every single player that's out there numbers names da 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 and you got to know this on the fly you got to be able to announce it but the fact that not only is Tony Romo able to announce what's going on and who's on the field and everything he's also able to pinpoint the particular play that's being called being able to predict what's happening, and he's giving you a next-level analysis of what's going on. So I'm literally, every time he's talking about the game, I'm just like, oh, wow. And it has me that's in awe of the, the intelligence level that he has. Now, if you there research there too so you have to you're right you have to respect that as well the mm-hmm. the, the time put in to, to be able to make those calls on the air so quickly so yeah that's one thing that's that that's where i was like that i had to really think about this because like um him um doc emmerich and also someone else that i would think would be very interesting um doing play-by-play analysis is peyton manning 
And like he has his, he had a show detailed that I've watched, and just the way he's able to pin. But it'd be interesting to see if he is able to do that play by play, because he could dissect like watching film and everything. But that's one thing I think Tony Romo has that next level because he's doing it on the fly. He's doing it real time, and call. I'm like, wow. So that my respect level for Tony Romo is leaps and bounds when it comes to the um the sports personalities and experts and commentators that we have out there today. I I my hat's off to Tony Romo. Scotty D, who you got? Well, uh I, I can see the, the the different ways that this would be interpreted and, and that's fine. However you wanted to interpret it is you know, I, I get that. Um I was thinking more along the lines by posing the question of the guys who's you're, who you're getting opinions from on a regular basis, such as Charles Barkley, who I respect tremendously. I, I, I love listening to his, his thoughts and analysis and stuff. There's a guy, um, well, I listen to, I, I occasionally will watch Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports 1. Boo! Well, I, I, and I get, as his, I, I find him more as the entertainment kind of guy, but when he brings Chris Broussard on to do NBA stuff, that guy he could he could tell me anything about the NBA and I'm buying in. Chris Broussard has just such a great grasp and delivery on when he when he's discussing the NBA. But when you watch all these things, all these guys, all, all these gals on all these mediums, and then you put on ESPN in the evening and you watch Party Interruption, it gets no better. There's nobody who I respect more than Michael Wilbon. I think he is the absolute top dog. And and maybe because Kornheiser is with him, I could say 1A and 1B. But it's just – when I watch those guys, it's like, oh, a breath of fresh air. You know, this – Mike Wilbon's perspective and delivery and respect and in-depth knowledge and experience I think is absolutely second to none. So even in this day and age where we get a lot of these political issues and stuff that it just absolutely just – exhausts me on a day-to-day basis on all these sports outlets. When I hear Michael Wilbon, I'm more inclined to respect what he says and even Tony, what he says. And so I, I think Joe Gaffigan nailed it because he actually chose the SVP is another guy like Joe said that I really have a lot of respect for, but I think the most, the, the, the guy whose opinion I would value the most is Wilbon and then probably Kornheiser right there. Those on, on that show. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this real quick. Thank thank you, Scotty D. Cause you know something I've really I've missed throughout all of this corona situation. I miss watching PTI. Yep. I, I haven't watched PTI in such a long time. And the reason why is that I'm literally never off from work. Either yeah. whether I work in morning or evening time, five thirty. If that is that still the time that it comes on now, or or is it within that four o'clock yeah, spot now? Those like twenty minute segments I've seen through. Mm-hmm. I, I don't watch it religiously either, like like I used to. It used to be you know five thirty every day after around the horn, and I, and I honestly I don't know either at this point. But I I, I did watch them again a couple times in the last few weeks. And that's what kind of made me think of them just because they're, they're I feel like they're the standard bearer of the industry. If, if we, us three as a show could say, who would, 
you like to resemble the most. I would think it, our styles aren't like them, but I would like to think that we could be objective and and come across to listeners in a way that you know you can kind of see their perspectives on things. You, you're, I feel like I have more of an open mind listening to them, and that's kind of what I would like our listeners to be with us is to feel like, yeah, these guys are entertaining, but they also are not going to, you know, kind of shove an agenda down our throat. They're going to be open-minded and, and that kind of thing. So I, I, I think they're the standard bearer. I really do. The agenda here at the Sports Bros Podcast is to be the alternative and keep it strictly sports. That's all we want to do. That's the agenda that we want to push. If we're going to push, if we're going to push any, any agenda, it's going to be that with nothing political, nothing too crazy. Out of the way, left, right, center, donkey, horse, pony, cat, monk. No, we just here to talk about sports. <laughs> I love, just... I love the way you put that, and, that, and that's why I definitely wanted to opine on what Scotty D said because I PTI out of all of the sports talk shows is de- definitely my favorite, and I miss it because I I have not I haven't seen an episode. It could easily easily be six months just because of it, it, <laughs> I'm sorry I had to get it in my bad. think of how long they've been doing this now they've been probably probably right around 20 years maybe not quite 20 years sniffing 20 years but, yeah but that that particular show I mean those guys obviously were already veterans in the covering sports whenever they got that show put together and I, I think it was probably, if I was to guess, it was around 2002 or three, somewhere, mm-hmm. in, uh, you know, without looking it up. But, you know, it's they've stood the test of time. And I think it's the way that they, they carry themselves and, and don't go over the top. Yep. I, um man, I, I got several of them, man. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you, man. Um, I'm going to have to go with Shannon Sharp because Shannon Sharp gives that perspective and I mean, yeah, he cut up, you know, there, there, there's a, there, there's a, there's a performance to that, you know, there's a performance aspect to Shannon Sharp. And the thing about it is that's how he's always been just from, you know, I'm pretty sure you've seen it ad nauseum a thousand times. Hello, is this the president? Yes. Call the National Guard. We are killing the Patriots. <laughs> I mean, that is, that is, that is Shannon Sharp. That's who he is. And it's just a hundred percent authentic and, in real, if you guys ever get a chance, it's a two-hour interview. It's the um, it's the Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson podcast. The um, was it? We want the smoke or all the smoke or whatever. It's it is worth that two-hour listen because you learn so much about who Shannon Sharp is as a person and where we came from and everything. So so Shannon Sharp gives a interesting. He gives a very interesting perspective, and I and I and I respect a lot of what he says. Also, you have to throw into the mix um, Tony Kornheiser and Mike, Mike uh, Wilbon, as we just talked about, for the various reasons we opined upon as well, too. And then you didn't see this one coming, but Lewis Riddick. He's good. He's solid. Oh, yeah. I was, I was going to mention that when you mentioned the, um, um, the um, what was it, the Monday Night Football lineup. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I was like, that, yeah, I, I can see that. To, um, yeah, he's definitely, he's definitely up there for me as well. Very, very well informed, just the way he comes across, and like he's 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 again he's again one of those people that he's he's about business. Like he he just he just spits facts about sports. He's um, I said you have your personalities, and then you have your 
commentators, your experts, and Lewis Riddick is definitely one of the people I'll definitely stop and listen to. And Chris Boussard, Chris Boussard also, um, you mentioned him, Scotty D. That's another one. Like he is definitely well versed when it comes to the NBA. So oh, absolutely, he's a little loud as hell, but he's well versed. <laughs> he he does it when he starts talking NBA. I I listen, and and I hope that that Riddick will translate to Monday Night Football because you you know you see him as more of a guy given he has a very serious side to him. Yeah, I could see him being a team executive. You know, who knows how long he lasts on Monday Night Football. But I hope that he is his style will translate on, you know, to the to the actual booth during football games. We'll see, man. I mean, it's, uh, that, that's interesting. But he's another guy who's, who's you know, I, I could definitely listen to him talk and give a lot of respect. Yeah. Did Lewis Riddick um, recently turn down an executive job? I think he was considered for some, and I'm not really sure how that all went down. Yeah, I, I forgot who in the hell. I don't know who it was, but they were like, "Look, we gotta have this guy." And, and, and you, and you won't, you won't smart people. You, you won't. Um, yeah, you, 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 you won't smart people to run your organization. And there's no doubt about it, man. Louis Riddick, Louis Riddick is like top of the pops when it comes to um, being smart. I'm over looking at his Wikipedia, and it says he's six foot two inches tall, same height as Jason Garrett. Somebody's being funny, but nevertheless. <laughs> <laughs> But nevertheless, uh, yeah, Lewis Riddick, Shannon Sharp, uh, Tony Romo, next level stuff, and um, I like Herm Edwards too. Yeah, Herm Edwards, is, like I said, that's not that's not your mama's brother; that's your daddy's brother. <laughs> and I think we, yeah, so we have unanimous when it comes to Kornheiser and Wilbon. I think that's unanimous that out of everybody, like that, that definitely is um, um, top notch. I want to mention, this is an honorable mention that I just thought about. Kirk Herbstreet. Herbie. When it comes to college football, he's definitely one of those people as well that I definitely like his expert analysis. I'm, I'm, I'm glued to the TV. I feel like I, I feel like I learn something every time I watch him and I listen to him. So he's definitely, he's definitely up there on my list as well. Scotty D mentioned one last week, uh, Peter Gammons. Yeah, when he was doing, there was a time that anything he would say about baseball was gospel. Yep. How do you feel about Tim Kirchin? Let me stop. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me. Look, guys, there's a lot. We could could go on all day and pick guys that are really good. But I just think when it comes to the cream of the crop, it's Wilbon and Kornheiser. And I think they've established that. And I, I don't know anybody who doesn't like those guys. You hear a lot of people say, you know, uh, Stephen A is annoying. Max is annoying, and blah, blah, blah. they yell and do all this. You don't get that yelling and screaming with with these two guys. You just get straight, unique perspective, and you can tell they enjoy doing that with each other. They're having fun when they're on their show. So that's what that's what I'd like to be with. Like you know, we we have fun doing our show. That's they're the standard bearer. Yeah. Well, I could tell you right now, Scotty D. That's not how I operate because I, I I I'm animated. So I mean. But that, I, I apologize. You you can't kick me off the show. You invited me on the show. Yes, yes, yes. Another interesting, entertaining, and action-packed and informative edition of the Choices of the Voices. Scotty D, what we got for next week's question as what? the Choices of the Voices turns? Well, we are about to get into football season. And when you are almost into NFL season, that means you are in fantasy football season. And we're going to be doing a little bit more talking about that coming up. But for the choices of voices next week, 
I want to throw this one out there to all you fantasy football lovers. Who is the all-time fantasy football stud? Who did you love to have on your team? Who did you want? And, I mean, who knows how long you've been playing? This could be uh, just a recent history or long-term. But who, do you, who did you feel was your all-time fantasy football stud? Oh, that's man. A, that's a good one. I'm going to have to dig in the archives for that one. Right. And with that being said, perfect timing, Scotty D. Let me se- let me segue into that because we're coming up to the second annual Sports Bros Fantasy Football League. The draft is coming up August 31st at 9 p.m. For those that are interested, those that would like to return to the greatness that is the Sports Bros Fantasy Football League, hit us up via email or messenger saying that you're coming back or you are interested in joining our league. It will be on Yahoo where um, before it became the Sports Bros Fantasy Football League, it was the cool football league where your boy, the almighty B-Live, is a three-time champion, and the head of creative, Eddie Cool, is a zero-time champion of his own league. But yeah, keep, I see. But you keep on coming back, coming back, coming back. When when I tell you this is um, the most entertaining league that I've been a part of, I thoroughly enjoy it. I think we've been we've been doing it. What I want to say, like nine, ten years now. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so this is the second annual Sports Bros Fantasy Football League. But um, like I said, the cool football league. Oh my God, it's been fun. Quick shout out to Big Pun. I think he's a two-time champion. Yep. I want to say, um, what my boy, um, Sean. Yep. Um, Sean McKenna. Yep. Sean McKenna. Uh, sound sound up, up now. now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, he's um he's definitely been with us for quite a bit, and man, I'm excited about it. I think um Bruce Bruce and um was Bruce part of the league last year? I want to say Bruce was. Um, uh, who won last year? Corey Turner. He won last year. He's going to come back and defend his title. And then on um, what, what was on um, five dollars Buster? Yep, Skip, Skip. He going he gonna make a comeback. He gonna make a comeback too. Yep, 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 yep. So hey, look at that. We done we done rattled off five names. So we doing ten or twelve. We're doing ten or twelve. We'll let y'all know in the days to come. But yeah, send them invites and send them in early because they fill spots fill up quick. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to introduce a brand new segment to the show. Now, you know, we got the penalty box for people to do dumb and stupid things. But this time, we want to honor those that do good things, great things, and just playing kick-ass in the world of sports. Introducing this week's version of the MVP of the week. The MVP of the week is we find a player that had an outstanding performance and a wonderful week in the world of sports. And I'll go first. My MVP of the week goes up to Yusef Nurkic of the Portland Trailblazers. He scored 22 points and 21 rebounds as his Portland Trailblazers defeated the Memphis Grizzlies to get into the playoffs. But it wasn't just an ordinary performance because Nurkic found out mere hours or minutes before the game that his grandmother passed away from the COVID-19. And guess what he did? He showed up and showed out to the tune of 22 points and 20, I'm sorry, 22 points, that's right, and 21 rebounds. That's right. Yusuf Nurkic. Be live. Who's your MVP of the week? 
Man, I, I, I feel a little torn because not only did um, Eddie Cool dip into um, dip into my, like I said my favorite team right now to watch the Portland Trailblazers, so I'm I'm a little bit torn, but I'm I'm going I'm going there as well, and right now I'm torn between C.J. McCollum and Carmelo Anthony. The easy answer would be Dame Dollar. I mean, that Dame time, he would be the easy answer. But you can't do it alone. And there's a lot of people that counted out Carmelo Anthony. And, I mean, he's – but the past three games, he didn't drop 20 on them boys. When a lot of people didn't wrote him all the way off, clean off. Max Kellerman had to go on air live and apologize to this man because he said that his career was done, he was washed up, and he couldn't be a role player. Um, you're wrong. You're wrong. He's shooting 56% on catch-and-shoot threes in the bubble. 56% catch-and-shoot. That, that was never Carmelo Anthony's game. He was an ISO player, but he's adapted and overcome in this bubble, and he is a danger to the Los Angeles Lakers backcourt. I'm going to tell you that right now. CJ McCollum has been playing with a broken back homage to Mike Tyson on the post-game interview when they beat Memphis. He said, my my back is broke. Spinal. (laughs) (laughs) No! I was like, oh man, that's MVP stuff right there. MVP of the week, but I'm gonna give my I'm I'm leaning and I'm gonna give my I'm tipping a hat. MVP of the week goes to Carmelo Anthony because he could have folded and say, you know what, I'm I no team wants me. I think I still got it. And Portland took a chance. And I guarantee you right now, if Portland makes it past the Lakers. I think they've got the momentum on their side. I think they've got the team chemistry, and it's going to be because of the play of Carmelo Anthony, my also, MVP of the week. Yep. Also remember, Atlanta paid him not to play for them. So, yeah, just just remember that. Yeah. I gave him a bunch of money. Scotty D, who's your MVP of the week, man? Usain Bolt. Uh, he's going to be 30. Um... <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you. But see, see this, is, this is why you will never be – Kornheiser because of your <laughs> shenanigans right there. That that's exactly why we're not ne- we will not be Kornheiser and Mike Wilbon. Right, right there. Okay. You, but okay. that we we're not designed that way. Just just so they're the standard bear. But I'm gonna tell you right now, we are a completely different breed. We are the sports bros podcast by the fan for the fan. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll go with my, the MVP of the week will be Jim Herman, a guy who I had never heard of until this past weekend. He won the Wyndham Championship, which used to be the Greater Greensboro Open PGA event. It was only his third career win, but it puts him in the FedEx playoff, uh, FedEx Cup playoff. So uh, Jim Herman, the MVP for winning that event that a lot of guys overlooked because the 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 hangover of the PGA Championship. So that's my guy for the week, Jim Herman. All right, so we got Jim Herman, Carmelo Anthony, and Yusef Nurkic 
Hey, guess what, fellas? That's a new segment, the MVP of the week. But going to a classic segment, but guess, guess what? They're giving me the go-home cue. I'm going to try my best not to slip around third base and go home with these brand-new cleats. I'm going to try to do a stand-up inside the park home run and not tear my ACL, my PCL, my MTL, my ATL, my BT. Well, you get the – you know what the hell I mean. No, we, we don't. We don't. We don't know the, what you mean. You know the knee got 90 <laughs> ligaments, fool. <laughs> ACL, MCL, PCL, LCL, WCW, NWO, AME. Man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to put my, the train back on the tracks because I got off. We're going home, fellas. It's another round of Pepper. Three topics, rapid fire style. We know how we do it. Uh, Scotty D and B-Live, they'll be talking about current sports. But you know what? I love giving you guys a history lesson. Yes, yes, yes. I, was, I had an idea for some current stuff, but I'm like, nah, let me give you some history stuff. And on this day in 1915, the Braves field opens in Boston to see the then Boston Braves beat the St. Louis Cardinals 3-1. to one. Ah, good old senior circuit baseball back in 1915. Over you, Scotty D. And they were playing in front of people. That must have been nice. Yeah, they played in front of people. <laughs> All right. So um, you may have seen this story going around the Golf Channel last week in the U.S. Amateur Match where uh, Tyler uh, Strafacci was tied with Segundo Oliva Pinto on the 18th hole. Pinto hit his ball into the sand trap, and his caddy put his hand in the sand trap and rubbed it, costing him the match. Uh, The caddy said he did not touch the sand, but he did. It was clear, um, as clear as day on the TV camera, that he reached in and rubbed his finger through the sand, and that is a violation. You are not allowed to touch the bunker with your hand, and if your caddy does it, you are responsible. So even though he wasn't uh, directly involved, um, that cost him the hole, and Pinto therefore lost that match. Um, you know, that's, that's a weird rule because it. I, I don't know if touching the hand that much of an advantage any more so than picking up the grass and letting the wind blow to see that. But it's a rule, and if you're a caddy, you got to know that rule, and that sucks. So sorry, Oliver uh Segunda Oliva Pinto, but your caddy screwed you last week. B-Lab, over to you. So, yeah, good job there, guy. But mm. um, un- I have unfortunate news that I actually thought was already news, but it became official today, Monday. Um, the Canadian Football League canceled this 2020 season. Oh, today. no. And citing what Commissioner Randy Ambrose said would have been significant financial losses if the league had played during the coronavirus pandemic. Um, One thing that's been going on in Canada, which is probably helping them with um, coronavirus, is that they have a lot of strict restrictions when it comes to um, sporting, um, live events, and all stuff like that. It's partly the reason why the Toronto Blue Jays are playing in Buffalo, because how do you kick an entire baseball team out the country? But, hey, that's, that's what happened. Yeah. But um, the, the league had developed pre- preliminary plans for a shortened season based in Winnipeg in a bubble environment, but the Canadian government rejected the CFL's request for a $30 million loan to help fund it. Ugh. Yikes. Well, um... So no CFL, um, you shall be missed by few. 
Eddie Cool, the ball. Man, I can't watch my BC Lions or the Argos or the Double Blue. Well, anyways, <laughs> you got American football coming up. Uh, you're talking to a champion of the Canadian football, fantasy football league. Yeah, I did it. Yeah, I did it. I got a title for that. Yeah, two titles, two countries. I felt like Chris Jericho would have won both belts that night. But in this day, on in 1980, George Brett, his batting average, guess what he did? 400. Yes, he hit 400 degrees. 400 degrees. I'm thinking about you now. <laughs> 400 degrees. I'm keeping that in. <laughs> um, on this day, he hit 400 for his batting average. But he finished the season with a 390 batting average. Hey, man, look. George Brett, pine tar and all, he was good at what he did. He knew how to put the bats to the ball and make it go somewhere and um, have a high average. Because I think his, I think the highest he ever averaged for career home runs was 30, and that's it. George Brett, reaching 400, only dropped that down to 390. One of the best hitters of all time. Over to you, Scotty D. And that would have been cool if it had hit that 400 mark. Yeah. Um, I- I'm going to help, uh, help a guy out here. Uh, so this past uh, – this past weekend, you may have seen that Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields is putting up a petition uh, trying to get the Big Ten to re- uh, reconsider and reinstate the, the college football season. Uh, Christopher O'Shaughnessy has a son named Michael who's a punter at Ohio State. He signed the petition, and here is his quote. If you're telling us it's not safe for our kids to be either in the practices or in the games, tell us why. We want to know. If we're supposed to be protecting our kids from something, we want to know what that is. And I'm going to help Christopher O'Shaughnessy by telling him to Google COVID-19. Be live over to you. Wow. Scotty, Scotty D is the gift that keeps on giving. Google COVID-19. That's where we're going to get all of our facts from. I won't do it this week. All right. So... <laughs> We talked we talked earlier about UFC and the, about the Sugar Show being canceled, and we talked about there there was a significant injury that um, Sh- Sean O'Malley suffered um, during the show. I did a little research and I figured it was pepper worthy because I want to describe the injury to you. It was a leg kick directly onto right common peroneal nerve, resulting in inability to dorsiflex ankle, an increasingly common attack in MMA. Hashtag sweep the leg. This came from Coach John Cavanaugh. Um, and in layman's terms, it's called dead leg. Mm. Where you strike an opponent on the calf, and you strike them directly in the nerve, the peroneal nerve that connects the knee bone, connect to the thigh bone. No, it's actually down toward your ankle. But basically, he couldn't, he could not operate his, um, he could not operate his leg, his foot, and everything. So it was one of those things where he could not plant on his right foot. Balance gone. Sorry about, sorry about what happened, but that's. The, that's the sport of MMA, UFC. It's common. You gotta protect you can't you gotta protect the legs. That's the only that you can't win a fight if you don't have a leg to stand on. Doom. Eddie Cool. 
the ball. It's funny that you mentioned that because I listened to this big podcast about um, crime and sports, about Oscar stories, and uh, the leg jokes were abound. And uh, uh, <laughs> anyways, I'm not even going to go there. Uh, Scotty D, I got some good news for you, Scotty D, about your Pittsburgh Pirates. It's a historical milestone, and you're gonna love this one. On, on this day, on this day in 1943, Roberto Clemente was born. Ah, yes, the legendary Puerto Rican baseball player Roberto Clemente, who played his entire career with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, he passed away in a plane crash, if I'm not uh, mistaken, doing some good old humanitarian work. And his work was so great, and Clemente was so revered that they had that they currently have an award named after him, entitled the Roberto Clemente Award. See, Scott, I thought I was gonna find something good about the Pirates. That was the last time they were any good. I think was right before that plane went down. Oh man, over to you, be live. Get for that? I'm getting yeah. he's nope. getting skipped. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't want to hear. We, it really, he doesn't have any more points. I do. Nope. I- one more. I'm playing over, over to you, Scotty D. <laughs> right. Here's my last one. This is going to be a quick one. Um, the SEC conference, they unveiled their football schedule um, over the last day or so. Uh, if you'd like to see that, you can go online. Uh, here's the Big Ten schedule. Be live. Over to you. Wow. <laughs> Burn. And it's right. It's right along with the pack. Is that right along with the pack twelve schedule? Yeah, I announced them both simultaneously. Then. Nice. And Justin Fields is not having it. He started a petition actually to try to reinstate the Big Ten season. He says he wants that Heisman. He want. He wants a chance. But that that's neither here nor there. They they got to let them fight that out, which yep. I think is ridiculous. Ridiculous, but it's all right. My bad, my bad. See, I said, well, I'm going to do that. I wasn't going to do that. He's going to stop. <laughs> so, my third and final pepper point. We've we've been talking about it all show. Maybe, like I said, Portland Trailblazers is growing on me. We did not give him the MVP of the week award, but the NBA and the writers gave Dame Dollar a unanimous selection for NBA bubble MVP. All um, Damian Lillard did, all he did in the bubble was average 37.3 points, 9.6 assists, 4.3 rebounds, shooting 49.7% from the field, 43.6% from three-point distance in eight games. Devin Booker was second in MVP voting with 19 second-place votes. Damian Lillard got all 22 first-place votes. And for the NBA All-Bubble first team, Dame Dollar, Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, James Harden and TJ Warren make the first team. NBA All Bubble second team. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yes, sir. I said it right. <clears throat> Kawhi Leonard, Kristaps Porzingis, Karis Levert, and Michael Porter Jr. So, guess who didn't make first team or second team? None of them Lakers. Mm. Ooh. Oh. And also, I want to mention that. Man, I feel for the Phoenix Suns. They went 8-0 and in the bubble, but just 
couldn't make it. Just had too much ground to recover. And but hats off to them, man. They played it might be in, next year, though, huh? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is definitely a building block for next year. Absolutely. So, man, hey, get you some rest. Continue to train Phoenix. They, we will be talking about you next year, bruh. Yes, sir. In the ever-competitive Western Conference, that's, that's been another round of pepper. And guess what? It's been another entertaining episode of the Sports Bros Podcast, episode number 72. Oh, Senior Menorah. Ha-ha, I got his name right. Uh, with that being said, we finna get up All out of here. Yep, him too. We finna get up out of here because I smell some dinner cooking. I'm ready to watch some wrestling. Be live. Where can they find us? All right, check it out. Well, you can find me, and nope, you can't find me there, um, travel restrictions. But you can find me here in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Max Speed Shop is where I work all day, every day. They let me go early today so I could be here on the podcast. But I think I'm actually going to go back there just to make sure everything's okay. But check us out, 42 North McPherson Church Road. Also check us out on beermenus.com, where you can find... All of our 511 beers on draft bottles and can. And we're about to have wine on draft too. Ooh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So f- figure out how all that worked. But we're doing some big things at Max Speed Shop. Home of the best burgers, brisket, pulled pork, barbecue, all of that. Man, I'm fat. I need to hit a treadmill. But check this out. When it comes to the Sports Bros podcast, you can check us out on our Facebook like page. Um sports rolls podcast still looking for those recommendations we greatly appreciate it 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 helps us out with basically with ratings and we're trying we're trying to grow into a bigger brand and it's about the fans baby we love you and i'm telling you you grow with us we a trying to tell you this what we do you can go, you can find us on Instagram, Sports Bros Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Sports Bros PCAST. Have any comments, questions about the show, shoot us an email real quick, Sports Bros PCAST at gmail.com. You can find some of our literary writings, some of our some of our sports um, stories and articles on our um, WordPress website, thesportsbrospodcast.wordpress.com. Check out our YouTube channel. Got some vintage um, episodes and um, video clippage of um, what we do, a little bit of Tron Kilo Thursdays, Scott's thoughts, and what happened. Wait for it. It was Wednesdays. It'd be any time I decide to throw something at you. But we want to keep the entertainment flowing. Flowing, man. Hey, appreciate all the support. Thank you all very much. To all the voices out there, man, we greatly appreciate it. Yes, sir. Scotty D, where can they find you? Wow. <laughs> hey, why, like, you sound surprised. We do hey, this every single week. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I know. Hey, guys, thank you all for listening to us. We do greatly appreciate you. Um, B Live said we'd like to be a bigger brand, and that comes just from you guys sticking with us and telling other people about us and, and sharing us because we really do want to just have some fun with you. And uh, so we greatly appreciate you. You know, reach out to us anytime on Facebook. Give us a suggestion for Choices of the Voices if you have one or anything else like that. But uh, check us out on Facebook. That's, that's where most often I can be be found that in the golf course here in dried up browned up western pennsylvania thanks for listening everybody eddie cool 
What's the door? Yep. We finna get up out of here. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. Fellas, I got a little preoccupied. I was reading an article about the Baltimore Barracuda, or not the Barracudas, but the Baltimore Stallions winning the 1995 Grey Cup. And I think that was a integral part in getting the Baltimore Ravens <laughs> to come to Baltimore. But that's neither here, that's neither there. I might write a little story about it. Ha, huh, you never know. And in closing, do something nice for yourself. You know what? I forgot to tell people where they can reach me at. I was wondering where you was going. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, all right, well, fine. All right, here we go. I'm the HOC of this thing, Eddie Cool. You can find me in all the Sports Bros podcast platforms that the Almighty Be Live mentioned. I'll be on Snapchat if you do that, Super Cool 5000. On Instagram, Cool Season, all one word. Check out my articles on our Sports Bros podcast. WordPress website. You can check it out too. Everything you need to see the Sports Bros podcast related is in the link in the description box. You can go ahead and click the link and see these faces. Especially that funny graphic we had last week with the poison graphic. Uh, That was hilarious. So if you like those graphics, share them. Let us know. And we'll keep on doing what we do because we do it for you. And in closing... Do something nice for yourself. And if you can, do something nice for someone else. They'll greatly be they'll greatly appreciate it. Hey, be a burden and not a blessing, okay? It's been another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. Ho, 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 ho. Uh-huh. No, you mean be a blessing, not a burden? Yeah, be a blend that what I said, that's be a blessing, n- not a burden. That's not what you said. You said well, anyways, we, we get the hell up out of here. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> See y'all later. <laughs> and I'm keeping it in there. <laughs> Bye. Bloopers, bloopers, and more bloopers. Check this out. But I, I apologize. You, you can't kick me off the show. You invited me on the show. Oh, did what did (laughs) (laughs) and he left? (laughs) I got tired, (laughs) and he kind of left. He said, That's okay, I'll leave. (laughs) Oh, god, that was hilarious. Oh, man, I don't think that was intentional, but it just the timing was that was just perfect. He just it was just oh, perfect. Oh. God, that well, that's well, gonna make the that's gonna make the that has to make the outtakes. Yep, and I'm glad Scotty D waited till the second half of the podcast to do that. <laughs> now the, the million dollar question was that intentional or not? What when I dropped the mic? Yeah. <laughs> what was the last thing you heard me say? Standard bearers. And and then and, and be live talking, and then. Because I was like, well, I'm bombastic. I'm not leaving. Da 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 da. And then you leave the call. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I didn't hear any of that. It went, it went, I guess it's week now where I just go blank. And then that was it. After uh, standard bear, I heard no response. And I was like, all right, I'm out again. <laughs>